The following is paid programming brought to you by WT Wealth Management. Nothing we discuss should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational purposes only. Please do your own research and speak to an investment advisor or financial planner before making any investment decisions. Welcome to Intelligent Investing with Glenn Least. I'm your host, Jeff Horvitz. This week, we'll discuss investments that you should maybe look at owning, such as real estate, maybe commodities and cryptocurrencies. Plus, Glenn will have recommendations you can give regarding how to navigate a difficult equity market or downturn. Glenn Least is a senior investment advisor with WT Wealth Management. You can learn more about Glenn by going to WTWealthManagement.com or by calling 928-225-2474. All right, Glenn, uh, how are you doing today? Let's talk about some of the investments that you think every person should look at owning nowadays. Yeah, so there's really four investments that I think everyone should really consider owning right now. Uh, the first one being stocks, you know, ownership and, and companies themselves. We find that stocks tend to be an incredible place to grow your capital over the long term, and, and stocks are really easy for us to understand too. You know, we, we own shares of a company and they produce a good or a service. And uh, say you own shares of Apple, it's really easy to understand that and frankly, very profitable too. So I, I really think that everyone should look at owning uh, stocks as their overall portfolio. Um, and there's a lot of different ways to own stocks. You know, there's big companies, small companies, international, domestic, you know, in emerging market companies, I mean, all different types of tiers. But in general, you know, we believe that, you know, all investors should have, you know, a, a decent amount of stock exposure in their portfolio. So that's the first one. Uh, the second one that I really am a firm believer that people should be owning nowadays is real estate. Uh, real estate has been a tremendous investment uh, for a lot of people. And there's a lot of different ways to get exposure into real estate. There's the traditional way that you and I are probably familiar with, which is going out and buying a residential property or commercial property and then renting it out locally, you know, so you become a, a, a home or a landlord for uh, that home. Um, so that's a good way of getting real estate. You know, us as a firm, you know, we get exposure through what's called real estate investment trust. We really think that is a, a great way for us to get exposure and kind of not have to be the landlord per se and not have to do the, you know, re- moving renters in and, and kicking them out and collecting rents and all that kind of stuff. You know, we have that, you know, done by our professional real estate estate management team um, that runs our, our particular uh, real estate fund. Um, and, and then within that, you know, there's also, you know, residential REITs, there's commercial REITs, there's even warehouse REITs. There's a lot of different types of REITs you can exposure to, even cell phone tower real estate. You know, there, there's a lot of different ways to get exposure to that. So I think real estate is a fantastic investment. Team, team, uh, seems to keep great pace with inflation as well. Real estate, you know, we've seen this in the last couple of years, even in uh Northern Arizona has been a tremendous investment. We've seen, you know, 15, 20, 25% increases over a couple of years. So I really am a firm believer in real estate. And it really comes down to, you know, how the client or investor wants to get exposure. You know, one's not better than the other. They're just pros and cons. You know, your, um, your real estate investment trust is not going to call you at 3 a.m. asking to replace the water heater. Whereas if you are the landlord of a local property, you know, you may get that call. And uh, so there's obviously pros and cons of that. The, the third category that I really think people should be owning right now is commodities. 
we've seen this grow tremendously over the last uh, month and a half, especially with the geopolitical events that we've seen nationwide and uh, not importing as much oil or at all from Russia or, you know, reducing our our buying of certain precious metals from Russia. We've seen commodities just skyrocket in price. And so commodities, you know, are anything from oil, they can be wheat, they can be timber, steel, uh, palladium, nickel, copper, uh, I mean, they could be lithium. And so there's a lot of different ways to get exposure to commodities. We use a, a commodities blended approach where we have a, you know, exposure to a lot of different commodities. Um, right now, the, you know, a lot of people are looking at oil um, because we've seen oil prices grow tremendously over the last you know, month or two, uh, all the way up to about $120 a barrel from the 90s. So uh, you know, we've seen almost a 30% increase. So commodities tend to keep pace with inflation, and they're necessary for you know, a lot of the things that we do in our daily life. I mean, try to live your life without oil, you know, and you'll, you'll realize how important commodities are to your, your daily way of life. And uh, when there are shortages or issues in the supply chain, we, we tend to see uh, commodity prices, you know, jump pretty substantially. I mean, even just wheat prices recently have just gone through the roof with the recent Russian Ukraine uh, tensions. Um, so that's the third one is commodities. And then the fourth tier that I really think people should entertain owning if they have the risk appetite for it is uh, cryptocurrencies. So that's something that is uh, needs a little bit of caution, you know, as far as us talking to our clients about and, and seeing, you know, if it's right for them. But I really think that is a an up-and-coming technology that I think we would be remiss uh, if we weren't looking at uh, and entertaining, you know, should that be a part of my portfolio. Um, so those are the, really the four things I think all of us should be owning, stocks, real estate, commodities, and cryptocurrencies. Let's, uh, if we can just loop back to those just for a second, Glenn, uh, when you're talking about real estate, you mentioned the real estate investment trust, uh, REITs, I, mm-hmm. think, I think they're called. Um, yeah. so, so you're, I, because there's a lot of people that are in, uh, that are landlords um, and are in that business, but there's a lot involved with that, the water heater breaks, mm-hmm. et cetera. And plus the yeah. entry point has become very hard in Flagstaff, for example, it's $700,000 medium prices so is that are you saying that's a better starting point for some people than the actual owning the actual property yeah exactly so a a real estate investment trust you could buy a share of that mutual fund and get broad exposure to multiple uh properties and do that for 30 or 40 dollars a share so the price the barrier to entry is a lot easier um and you don't have to worry about the management of it. And so that's that's kind of why we like that. We try to, you know, find investments that um, that we can really uh, utilize for our clients. That makes sense. Um, and so for real estate, you know, not that we're opposed to being landlords and personally managing properties in Flagstaff, but we think the real estate investment trust is a great way for some of our smaller dollar uh, clients to get exposure to. And on the flip side, you know, say you did want to actually own a property in Flagstaff, you know, or Northern Arizona or Phoenix, whatever market you're looking at. Some of the things that are really important that you really take a look at is um, if you're looking at buying a second home, Right, so maybe you own your first home. You're saying now I want to look at buying my first rental property. Um, really doing the due diligence to um, check in with a professional that does that, that's experienced, that knows what they're doing, to really kind of guide you to what's needed. Um, you know, I know a little bit about real estate, but I'm, but I'm no, uh, by no means a professional when it comes to managing real estate, you know, physical real estate here in our community. So I always opt to have a contact that really that's their specialty. Um, and even a step further, if you're looking at saying, hey, maybe this year or next year is the year that we want to own physical real estate, is talking with the lender, you know, making sure that you can get 
pre-approved and that you're in a good position to be able to buy it, especially if you want to own your current house plus a rental property, you know, you got to be able to be in a financial position to do that. And so kind of doing the homework first and maybe giving a call to one of the, the mortgage lenders and just pre-qualifying saying, Hey, I'm looking at buying this rental property. You know, do I need to put 20% down? You know, if it's a $500,000 house, you know, what do I need to do to get that plus the current house I'm in and keep both and, and turn this other one into a rental. So there's, I think there's a little bit of homework that we need to do as investors. And uh, I've got a lot of contacts that are both in the real estate and the mortgage industry that I'll, I'll probably, you know, I have in my corner that I can get clients connected to if they're looking to kind of go down that road. And Glenn on the, um, <clears throat> to circle back, excuse me, to the, um, in, um, inflation side of things and the commodities, when people look at how much oil's gone up and um, lumber and all that stuff, is it too late? Or do you think we're at this point where it's probably a, a lot longer to come? It's a good question. Yeah. So I actually, my personal opinion is I think the rest of 2022, we'll see commodity prices continue to rise much more than maybe we think. Um, only because the geopolitical conflicts that we're going through right now is part of the reason why commodity prices have risen dramatically over the last you know couple months. Um, I think it's going to take a long time for that to kind of work itself out. And if we even look at oil production, you know, you can't just it's it's hard you know to get oil up and going to explore a new oil field to drill it to get it ready to start pumping and to start exporting it it's not an overnight you know process it takes some time so you know places that are maybe offline or not you know producing at full capacity it's not going to just be an overnight thing where we can just bridge that gap so i think there's going to be a continued uh a lot of demand and not enough supply worldwide for a lot of commodities. And, and we were even talking about it on, on your show about the prices of wheat. You have a, a nation like Ukraine, who is one of the larger exporters of wheat in the European Union in that area, and they're in planting season right now. Um, so if they're not planting right now, they're not going to have crops come harvest time. And a lot of the areas that they're planting uh, that they traditionally plant for their crops, you know, those are military conflict zones. So they may not even be able to plant as much as they've expected. So there's going to be a deficit there. Um, and so I think that's going to continue to cause commodity prices to go up. So to answer your question, I think we've got a little bit of room to run. And um, we've seen even domestically, there hasn't been a whole lot of excitement about doing more uh, oil extraction here domestically and i'm not sure why but i just haven't seen a, a whole gung-ho like we're going to do this let's make this happen let's you know cut through the red tape and let's get more oil uh fields up online i just haven't seen that domestically so i think there's going to be continue to be a deficit worldwide for commodities in general you're listening to intelligent investing with glenn least give glenn a call for a free no obligation consultation at 928 928- 225-2474. That's 928-225-2474. You're listening to Intelligent Investing with Glenn Least. If you want to talk with Glenn and get a free, no obligation consultation, give Glenn a call right now at 928-225-2474. That's 928 928- 225-2474, or you can go to WTWealthManagement.com. All right, Glenn, uh, you put out an article recently about how to ignore the noise. Let's talk about that and how your firm uh, views geopolitical events. 
Yeah. So when we put out that article, it's also on my Facebook page and on our website, you know, it came out the, the early part of March, 2022. And basically we, we showed a chart that shows from the last, you know, almost 15, 16 years of the stock market, the S and P 500. And we dot plotted. We didn't create this graph. We used it from actually first trust who created this, but it shows the S and P 500. And then it shows every single geopolitical event that's happened in those times. And you get everything from wars to rising interest rates to, you know, the war in Afghanistan to, you know, nine 11 attacks to, you know, uh, you know, the H one N one virus, you know, Chinese stock market collapse, all these geopolitical events that seems like, you know, the world was, you know, on fire at the time. But and if you look at all those versus, you know, how the markets have done, you've seen the market continue to trend up over time. And so our point of the article was to, if we're long-term investors, you know, there's going to be a lot of short-term noise. That's, that's always going to be the case. But long-term, our goal is to grow our clients' uh, investment portfolios and, and increase their capital. And if we take a long-term approach, and not get bogged down by the day-to-day stuff, I think we'll really be pleasantly surprised at the results. And that was the whole point of the article is, uh, is ignore the short-term noise because in six months or a year, you know, this could all be in the rear view mirror and, you know, it could be just a blip on the radar. But in, on the flip side, if we make a, a rash decision now, you know, to get out of the market or to panic and, and to not make a good, you know, financial decision, we could really be regretting it long term. So part of our job with, with what we do is really to help educate our clients and help remind them of the long term game plan and provide data and information and education to show them this is why it's best to be a long term investor and not be so worried about, you know, the day to day happenings. Um, but if you turn on the news, it seems like every day the sky is falling and that's just seems like that's had been the way the news has been for the last, you know, twenty years. I kinda miss sometimes the uh the news articles or the news, you know, reports about the, you know, the puppy that was saved or that the happier stories. It seems like nowadays everything's just so dramatic. Um, but there's a lot of good things happening in the world too. So I think sometimes perspective is really helpful. Yeah. You can get those news sites that are like the good news, the happy news, things like that. So maybe we should all start just reading that a little more and, and putting aside uh, some of the negative, especially when it comes to short term. You look at investing short term, put, put yeah, aside the yeah. negative. Yeah. No. And I think, I think perspective is everything. You know, I try to, you know, have a good perspective in what I do and help share that with my clients to say, you know, you're paying me to help you manage your, your investments and help you do a good job and be a successful investor. And we need to have the right long-term perspective because, uh, you know, if we look at the last you know, 70, 80, 90 years in the markets, I mean, the evidence is there. Being a long-term investor really pays off, you know, trying to time the market and be a short-term investor is just, uh, not as fruitful as being a you know buy and hold type investor. You mentioned Glenn that you do more than just invest than just investment mm-hmm. management as part of your services. Uh, what additional benefits do your clients get when they when they work with you when they give you a call when they set up those appointments? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, you know, when clients work with me, you know, one of the big things is I, I really try to take the time to understand them, understand their situation, understand, you know, their goals and aspirations, what kind of bothers them. And, and then, you know, from there, I'm able to really be a tremendous resource for them to help them just make good overall decisions. And it's not just limited to, you know, what stocks you should buy, or what your portfolio allocation could be, which is very important. But, you know, we I do, I do more. 
more than that for my clients. I mean, I was just sitting down with some clients the other week and, you know, they were looking at, you know, getting married pretty soon and uh, they're wanting some advice on how to successfully navigate their finances together now that they're looking at, you know, being two becoming one. And they found that helpful, really, really helpful advice to be like, okay, I've been married for 10 years and this is what I've seen be really successful. uh, And this is how I've seen other places, other individuals or couples, you know, maybe take the wrong route. And so not just, you know, uh, investment advice, but overall just sound wisdom too, you know, or, you know, I've had clients that were looking at doing some business deals and they said, Hey, can you take a look at this business deal? What do you think about this? You know, you, you've got a keen eye for just overall anything business and, and, you know, finances and just, you know, whether things are, are a good deal or not. And I remember one client, I said, this is an awful deal. You shouldn't do this. I mean, you know, you can do it if you want to, but I would never do it. I, you know, wouldn't recommend it. And they ended up not doing the deal. And, you know, a year later they're coming in thanking me going, Oh my goodness, I was so glad I didn't do that because someone else took the deal and they, you know, found out that it was really not the deal that they expected it to be. So there's a lot of things that go on besides just the investment management. It's a lot of, you know, just overall financial advice, life advice, wisdom, um, even retirement planning and projections. That's something I do all the time. And, and, you know, I've had one client that, you know, sadly to say, you know, she was married for many years and her husband passed on and, and, uh, you know, she, they've been such good savers over the years and they had accumulated a, a decent amount of wealth that, not that she needed permission, but she needed reminding, you know, that she should spend this money, that her, her spouse had saved this money to enjoy. And so, you know, we spent some money and upgraded part of the house, you know, you know, went on a cruise, you know, you know, and, you know, being an advocate in her corner to be like, hey, look, you know, time is short, life is short. I don't think anyone goes back to the drawing board on, or on their deathbed and says, hey, I wish I spent more time at the office. In fact, it's usually the opposite. Like, hey, I wish I spent more time with the family. Wish I really enjoyed life. And so just kind of having that also life perspective too is huge just to be the advocate to say, Hey, you know, I want to be, help my clients be successful and not just their finances, but just in general, I want to help them be successful. So that's a a great resource to have that. I just don't think you're going to find everywhere. Let's uh, wrap up this week, Glenn, with, um, especially during these real kind of volatile times to to say the least, uh, recommendations you can give our listeners as to how best to navigate a difficult equity market or, or a downturn. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm putting out a news article this next week on our website and on my Facebook page about exactly that, how to navigate a, a market downturn. And I really made it really simple, right? There's really two strategies I recommend for, for my clients is one, the first strategy is, is stay the course is let's not make any radical changes. Let's turn the, the news off. Let's ignore the noise per se. And let's stay the course because we know over the long haul, you know, even in, in market dips and downturns, you know, the market recovers, you know, within six months to a year, a lot faster than we'd expect. So by us, us uh, staying the course, the shares of those companies we own, they're going to rebound back in price. And so, you know, the first route that I tell clients to do is stay the course, ignore the noise, turn off the news, and maybe don't even check your account statement for a while. Like, you know, I kind of tell my clients, you know, you know, and during tough times, that's the time when maybe you don't want to be checking your account. I mean, we're checking it for them every single day and making the changes needed. But there's something about when you look at your account and you see that it's red or down for the year that, you know, it's hard psychologically not to make a, you know, panic or make a decision and want to make a change. And, and usually that, 
you know, rarely ever leads to a good long-term uh, result. So one, stay the course. And two, you know, for clients that maybe have additional capital, the other strategy you could do is, is there a buying opportunity right now? You know, stocks are on sale or Amazon's, you know, 20% off, 30% off from its highs. And, you know, we think Amazon's still a good, solid company. Can we buy more shares of these fantastic companies while they're, you know, on a dip? You know, and that could be a really effective strategy. I mean, if we look back, you know, took a time machine back to 2008 and we could, you know, know the future, we'd be buying, you know, as much stocks as we could at the, at the height of the, the recession back in 2008, because we knew that they recovered quite tremendously and, and very few of them. Um, I think only just, uh, you know, Lehman Brothers and a few others went out, um, which I think they were going to go out anyways. But, you know, it wasn't like all the companies, the S&P 500 went out of business because of the recession. Yeah, they had a big dip, but they, they weren't going anywhere. I think about companies like Visa, MasterCard, Amazon, Facebook, Google, uh, you know, Netflix, Disney, Disney. I mean, these are companies I'm not going to live without. And so even if they have a tough year, you know, they're so ingrained in my way of life that they're good, solid companies. They're not going anywhere. And if I could buy them on a, at a discounted price, that seems like a really good investment move. So those are two strategies. One is stay the course. And two is if you have the ability, maybe buy some more shares. When you work with Glenn Least, his investment committee leverages over a century of combined experience to grow your money, not your fees. And they invest their personal savings the same exact way they invest your money. Call Glenn Least for a complimentary consultation at 928-225-2474. There's no obligation. Just call 928-225-2474. Or you can go to WTWealthManagement.com. Tune in next week at the same time for another edition of Intelligent Investing with Glenn Least on 97.1 FM, The Big Talker. We'll see you soon.